Good morning, church. It's so good to be here with you this morning. We've got our next part of our Dear God Prayers of Blessings series. And today we're going through one of perhaps the most beautiful prayers that God prays over his people. Coincidentally, it's called The Blessing. Most of us throughout COVID might have heard this song online, A Blessing over God's people. So today we're going to unpack what this blessing is, what it looks like, and hopefully by the end of it, you yourself feel like you can take this blessing with you wherever you go. You ready to go on that journey? All right. So a blessing. What is a blessing? These days when when we say, God bless you, what are we really saying to someone? Are we just giving something, a platitude that we normally say every single day, right? Like, as Adventists on a Sabbath, what do we say to each other every single time we see someone? Happy Sabbath, right? To people outside of our context, does that make much sense to them? No. But we say, happy Sabbath. And I love saying, happy Sabbath. Or in other words, have a great time of rest and peace with one another. So, A blessing. But throughout the Bible, we discover a whole heap of examples of prayers. But very few prayers bring God down to you, to your level, to be face to face with you. So today we're going to unpack this. We're going to see that God wants to be face to face with you. And I believe that as humans, we can turn to God in our times of need, in our times of plenty, in our times of lament, in our times of brokenness. And he sees us face to face. So if I think about the way that we interact with one another, what is a sign of respect? Eye contact, right? To make eye contact with you is to show respect and as though I am listening and engaging with you. And if, if we start looking away and looking around, are we getting any connection going on? No, there's a, there's, there's a break, right? God wants to be face to face with you and to know you intimately. Isn't that beautiful? And I believe here on earth that when someone looks us face to face, it's as though that they see us, they acknowledge us, and they acknowledge that we too are a person deserving of love, peace, grace, and acceptance. Would you agree with that? Yeah. We want to see each other face to face. So Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 to 27, if you're there in your Bibles, get it open. I'm going to share with you a story as you get there. When I am sent to the shops or go to the shops to buy some groceries, I'm usually sent with a very specific list. One, two, maybe three or four items. And I don't know if anyone else is guilty of this, but I know my dad is as well. But when I go to the shops with this very specific list, I can see Adele nodding. Maybe Scene's guilty of this as well. Oh, it's Adele. I come back with two, three, maybe four bags of stuff, right? I'm walking around the shops and finding what I need. Oh, that looks yummy. I'll, I'll take some crumpets and I might grab another extra, extra bottle of milk for my coffees. 
And, oh, there's chalky custard this time. I'm going to get that, right? I'm sent with a purpose with a very specific list and I come back with far more thinking that it's a blessing. That it's a blessing that, hey, I've got that, I've got this. We're all sorted. And bit by bit, our fridge gets fuller and fuller until it's at overflow. But sent with a purpose. The blessing that we read here in Numbers chapter 6 is God sending his people with a purpose and a promise and they're going to experience abundance. But God knows the Israelites are going to go out and they're going to get distracted by golden things and they're going to get distracted by everything else other than the blessing that God has for them. Yet God still gives them this blessing. Isn't that beautiful? Yet God is still faithful even when these people come back with the wrong thing, with more. They just ignore God entirely. So Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 to 27, this is what it says. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites, and you shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites or their children and I will bless them. God through Aaron is praying this prayer upon his people. He's praying this prayer of blessing that he wants to come face to face with his children. There's a word in there, um, to keep. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now that word keep is really interesting. It's the word shamar. And it means to keep or to protect or to guard or to keep watch over. I think it's really beautiful. Think that God wants to keep watch over his children. God wants to keep watch over you. Because the blessing here that we read is God directly speaking over his children, over his people. It wasn't just some platitude that was said, but this was a bit of purposeful uh, a prayer that the priest gave to Israel, to Aaron and his sons. And God provides a blessing to people that are his followers. So what does this mean? This means that today, if you want to experience this blessing that we just read, guess what you have to do? Choose God. Amen, right? Choose God and you can take part in this blessing. We're going to unpack more of this blessing in a moment. But the Israelites didn't necessarily have a specific record of all the blessings of God, but they knew. What had God done for them? Did God get them through the Red Sea? Yeah? Did God get them out of Egypt? Yeah. Did God protect them with a cloud and with fire and with all kinds of things as they went on this journey? God provides them with manna, with food. God provides them with everything they could ever need. Yet, 
as I was reading in Deuteronomy the other day, when Moses went just for a short little while for 40 days up on a hill and he came back, what did he find them doing? Everything but what they were meant to. In fact, it says that Moses was angry and was worried for what God would do to the Israelites. And so Moses interceded for the Israelites. Yet God still gives them this prayer of blessing. Because I want to tell you today, right at the front of my sermon, I'll front load this, that no matter what you've done and where you have gone, if you choose God today, you experience this blessing. It's that simple. So, the Israelites had to rely on the wilderness sanctuary and the countless times God delivered his people. So, we discover here that God delivers his people, he blesses his people, and he wants to know you face to face to have an intimate relationship. And he keeps watch over you. But there's some interesting lines in here. If you look at the first one we've just gone through, the Lord bless you and keep you. We get to verse 25 and verse 26. Does, do they look interesting? They're parallel, right? In fact, the word countenance in Hebrew is the same as the word face in the line above. So it's face and face. It's the same as a repetition that's going on here. God wants to lift up his, or make his face shine upon you and lift up his face towards you. He wants this, to, as I said, to be this intimate relationship that's going on. And he looks you in your face and he regards you favourably because he wants to give you grace and peace. He wants to give you grace and peace. So what would it be like to come face to face with God? It's a question I ask myself often and I know that we are promised in the book of Revelation that one day that's going to happen. We are going to come face to face with God and we're going to see this prayer of blessing come to a full resolution. But what must it be like to come face to face to God and for him to know you? Jerry Muscala says in... Um, the Indispensable God's Presence, which is one of his papers for Andrews University. He says, the face of God gives assurance of God's presence. He is and will always be with his followers. And we discover in the New Testament, right, that Jesus came down to earth. And he also gave us the Holy Spirit. And we know that we have God's presence with us and he, wants to, and he loves us and he knows you intimately. It's as though his face is already staring you in your eyes. That's how much he cares about you. And because of this and this presence, I know that when, when we have God within us, we experience peace, grace, joy, and abundance, because of our relationship with God, because of the fact that he is face to face with us, because of the fact that he wants to give you peace and be gracious to you. John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. And this week, I know that for sure. When, when people you know Die when you experience sorrow, when you experience brokenness. 
you experience that first line. You know that that's true. But somehow, when you have Jesus, even in the depth of your sorrow and your, your pit of despair, we discover that Jesus, I came. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God wants you to experience abundance and joy and peace even in the pit of darkness. I, I know what it's like to look into that pit of darkness and choose to go another way. Many people, they look at that pit and that's where they end up. But I want to tell you today as, as a song that we sung earlier, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. That for me is this verse. And I keep my eyes on Jesus. The things that the thief is doing, they grow strangely dim. So grace and peace. Do we have enough grace and peace in our world? At the moment, if I look around, things just look a bit broken. If you turn on the news at the moment, all we're seeing is war and destruction and people dying in, in horrible ways. Where's this grace and peace? I know that Jesus was the orchestrator like an orchestra. He's an orchestrator of grace and peace here on earth. Jesus came. He lived as one of us, got to know what the mess of this world is like. Hebrews says that we have a great high priest in heaven who understands intimately what it is to experience this mess here on earth. And because he experienced that, he is such a great high priest that we can come to him with anything. And we experience his grace and peace when we do that. There's a lot that goes on. But in Matthew, this is what it says. It says, at that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have real, revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. God knows what's best in every situation. And sometimes we can't understand everything, but if we look in the eyes of a child, we can see a moment of this grace and peace, they get it. As adults, things get really complicated and messy, right? We're not so sure. But kids, they get it. They experience this grace and peace of the gospel. And you too can experience this grace and peace when you rely on Jesus. And then it says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. Are you weary? Are you tired? This week, I've, I've had a lot of anxiety with everything that's been going on in my life. Michaela could tell you that as I drive to work, I'm doing my deep breath exercises to keep myself nice and calm, right? There's a lot. 
But I know that I can come to me, come to Jesus, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest or peace. We can bring it to him. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know, church, that this week my soul needs rest. This week my soul has been troubled. I have wondered if all this stuff that that I do is for a great purpose or not. I have had those deep questions eating away at me. But God is still on the throne and when I come to him, he makes it easy. When I try to solve all of those problems on my own steam, no, that doesn't work out. So I want to tell you this morning, if you've got a lot going on and you're trying to work it all out, you're still going to have to do something to work it out, but God will will be with you and he will make it easy and it will seem as though you can work through it when you come to him. Psalms 83, it spoke to me this week about grace and peace. It says, Restore us, O God. Make your your face shine on us that we may be saved. Some people speak about God as though he's distant, as though he's far away from you, as though he doesn't want anything to do with your life. Now we discover the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are the same God. That they care about, that he cares about you. In fact, this is in Psalms and it says, Restore us, O God. Make your face shine upon us. Come near to me that I may be saved. God is near to you. All you have to do is turn towards him. There's one other author who really speaks about grace and peace in the Bible. And I I don't have the time to to do a deep dive study. We've done that before. Pastor Crenton went through grace and peace when we did our Ephesians series a while ago. So if you want to learn about grace and peace, you can go back and find that one because it was a beautiful sermon. But grace and peace. Paul he starts all of his epistles with an introduction that includes some grace and some peace. And he concludes it in the same way. It's a callback in many ways to this Numbers 6 passage. That God may be gracious to you and that he may give you peace. In Ephesians 1, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in 2 Corinthians 13, 13, this is the conclusion. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul was certain that we can experience grace and peace in the world that we are experiencing today. And in the places that he wrote these letters to, we know when we look at history that quite often they were chaotic places. They were places of mess, of, of abandon, of, of sin. And yet he said to them, you can experience grace and peace in this place in which you are. So I want to tell you this morning that you too can experience grace and peace in the mess 
of this world in which and where we are. And, and, and this prayer is something that I think as our world does whatever it's going to do, we need to cling to, to have grace and peace. I was speaking to someone last night and the question was asked, what do we do? How do we, how do we go on? I don't know. But I think I answered the question. Come to me, all you who are weary. And I, and you can rest your burdens with me. So there's this ultimate eternal fulfillment that's going to happen. We're going to see God face to face one day. We're going to look full in his mightiful face. I long for that day. Not just for the selfish reason of seeing God face to face, but also because I know all the people that have loved God, that have understood his peace and his grace that I'm also going to see on that day. I long for it. In Revelation 22, verses three to five, it says this. It says, Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. You hear that? Those who have chosen God, those who choose him, will have the mark of God, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit upon them. And there will be no more night. They need no lamp or sun for the Lord their God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. One day we will see God face to face. But as Adventists, sometimes we're good at talking about that and we forget to live in the presence of God today. All right, so I'm looking forward to that. But I want us to live in God's presence today. You see, Jesus said that he was gonna send a comforter. I love that. That comforter is the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit is present here today. He's present everywhere. He's omnipresent. Sometimes we forget that. We think we're far away, but no, he's right here and he dwells within us. So I want you to go with that today. To live as though God is active in your life and he sees you face to face and he wants to give you his grace and peace. And Psalms 102 says this. It says, The children of your servant shall live secure. Their offspring shall be established in your presence. God's presence is real. It's here and he sees you face to face, and he's present from generation to generation. As the band, I'd like to invite the band up, because they're gonna sing a song in a moment. This song, you're gonna know the words to it because we've read them already, all right? It's a quotation of Numbers chapter six. And I want you to sing it as a prayer over your life. I want you to sing it as a prayer over your children's lives, over your grandchildren's lives, over your great-grandchildren's lives, whether they're in the church or they're far away, I want you 
to sing it. And I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna pray that prayer again over Kingscliff Church specifically.